Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms, full of vibrancy and entirely unapologetic. I'm Kate Taylor, Life Design and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help you live a big, bold and beautiful life through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. So welcoming on to the show today, life mentor and writer Nicole Barton, who's sat next to me. It's gorgeous. We are here in the absolutely stunning Gazelli House in South Kensington. So it's nice to be able to sit and have be in conversation with you in these gorgeous surroundings. But just before we get going, I'm just going to do a bit of an intro to the Practical Magic listeners. So um, Nicole's something of a unicorn in the self-help world for her notion that nobody actually needs self-help. So Nicole helps people to find freedom from suffering and she admits that whilst yoga, meditation and anything that leads us to self-expression does help us to drop from head into the heart, which is really where we need to live from, none of these practices are prerequisite to peace. I wondered, Nicole, because it is I, I do love the way that you talk about this and what you've got to share, whether you could share your journey to where you are now and, and how this thinking has come to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, where to begin? <laughs> At the beginning, At I the reckon. Beginning. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my experience of suffering actually began when I was quite young. So um, it was the first day of school, actually, um, which is kind of traumatic enough <laughs> on its own. Um, but my dad um, left when I on that day, so he left the family home and kind of dipped in and out of my life ever since from, from then on. Um, but it was also the same week that my um, parents were set to pick up my adopted sister, Mariana, from Romania. And I'd kind of wrapped up this little red fluffy pencil case for her because I was really excited. I think she was younger than me, so she wouldn't have actually needed a, a pencil case. But that was my kind of gift that I remember having for her. Um, and so sadly, she never got collected because my dad disappeared. Um, and then he, yeah, he kind of disappeared and dipped in and out. But he was never really there um and so I kind of learned from a very young age that you know we kind of we do suffer and and that was my early experience and and also it kind of set me on this feeling that I wasn't enough and so I was always kind of striving for more striving to be perfect striving to be lovable and um what that then led to was me kind of burning out because I was always over overworking and and over trying to get people to to love me um and so when I was 10 I got really ill with chronic fatigue syndrome which is basically um complete burnout and I was I was rendered unable to walk for it and I missed a year of school um and so so then I again set on this kind of mission to fix myself and I was, was carted all over the place to different psychiatrists psychologists um and just always looking outside of myself for answers and, and to get me back to being fixed, I guess. Um, and then from there, um, I at the age of 17, my dad bought me SlimFast for my 17th birthday. <laughs> what in his right mind did he think that that was a good I birthday present? I don't know, but do you know what? At the time, I didn't even, I didn't see it like that. I saw it that... 
I wasn't enough for him to love me. So I didn't look at it and think, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Why Why does that make sense to him? Which is kind so of So for I'd you, come... you felt like a perfect version of yourself yeah. would mean that he would exactly. accept you in some exactly. way. Exactly, yeah. God, at 17, that is a tough blow. I know. Well, it was right from when I was four, really, because mm. I kind of, he, you know, he, he completely disappeared, um, which obviously made sense to him at the time, but it didn't make sense to me. No. Um and so I've had various insights about that, more kind of in the last sort of 10 years. Um, but at the time, it was very kind of traumatic and, and especially kind of then had an eating disorder for three years and again went to kind of specialists, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy, which kind of planted a seed about the role of thought um, in our experience of life. Um, and then... Um, but even still, kind of at the age of 23, I think it was, I was, again, striving really hard in my career. I had become a successful brand manager. Um, but then I, again, burnt out because I was always still trying to be perfect. Mm. So, so yeah, so I ended up getting chronic fatigue syndrome again and being unable to walk. That must have been terrifying getting that again when you're... Because there must have yeah. been such a trauma that when with it, with it when you're ten years old, yeah, to then get it again and the body going shit, we're here again. Yeah, that, exactly. That must have been pretty. It was, terrifying. and I think for me it was scary because I had kind of always been someone who supported myself, and so to then lose my job, um, and my in the you know the the salary that went with it, I was suddenly just kind of you know I hadn't got any career and. I, yeah I, you know it was really difficult so I struggled then financially I just bought a house um, and I was renovating it and then it just nothing so I, I kind of I think it was just complete burnout really because I'd just been trying to do everything um, and so yeah that was that was pretty traumatic but what I did um, I'd always kind of wanted to be um, or been interested in holistic therapies so I retrained um, and kind of set out on this self-help mission which I didn't really realize at the time um, but I was basically replacing all the kind of perfectionism in the rest of my life with <laughs> being perfect and fixing myself with self-help. So I trained in aromatherapy, reflexology, Reiki, homeopathy, meditation, oh, yoga, everything. I totally mm. went for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything you can name, I've probably trained it <laughs> at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was exhausting actually and whilst I did get a little bit better and and I know certainly when I took myself off to Bali for for a month or so and when I was out there meditating I really thought I'd cracked my inner peace because <laughs> I suppose was... you're not in the doing yeah when you're somewhere like that yeah exactly but also more than that actually what I came to realize later was that the reason that I had thought that everything was okay was because I thought it was okay yeah so it wasn't the meditation that had settled me it was actually just my thinking that had settled because I thought I was meditating and therefore I thought I was okay so when I got home before I realized this I was like oh where did the inner peace go <laughs> and it wasn't until later when I then came across um life mentoring um and an understanding about how the mind works that I then realized that actually it's totally all about thought and how our life is created through our thinking and that was kind of where the freedom was really because I realized it wasn't about self-help it wasn't about looking outside to different tools and techniques which I was doing um, because I think this in you know today the self-help industry is so huge it's kind of thriving which kind of ind indicates it's not so much helping um, because the industry is just growing and growing and there's so many people 
who are suffering with well you know there's that kind of frame of thought isn't there that the wellness industry is actually sick because it relies Mm. on people being so um in need of these help and support like you say like yeah you're broken you need fixing and people don't need fixing yeah exactly and that's what I came to realize really and I think it is so important that people see that so now I kind of talk about it as you know ditch the self-help and and join the self-rediscovery movement because I think it's more important to reconnect to who we are underneath all of the thinking about who we are because I think we can so often get caught in you know the stories and the narratives that we create and that isn't who we are and I didn't really realize that until I saw how powerful the power well, of you, thought you was. You hear it all the time don't you that our stories and our narratives do create the reality that we bring in every day because yeah. actually we wake up new every day. Yeah. The only thing that holds us together really is our memories mm. and our thoughts. So if you're stuck in a narrative of um, I can't do this or this is just me or this doesn't work yeah. for me then that's what you're going to get every day isn't mm. it yeah yeah and it's I think what what helped me most because again the thing that I saw freedom with because I had been a big lover of affirmations at one point and I just saw those so differently because I realized through understanding the mind that it's not about changing our thoughts so I think a lot again a lot of the self-help industry is all about is built on kind of changing our mindset changing our thoughts and for me it's not about that it's about seeing our thoughts it's seeing that we think and they don't really mean anything and once we can see that there's nothing really to change it's just an awareness okay and so that was what set me free really because I realized even my thoughts didn't need fixing because they're not broken it's just thought it's you know underneath all of our thinking is who we really are and that is I guess the affirmation is the truth. It's just that we can't see it because we're we're thinking so much. Does that make sense? So talk me through. So there's so because you talk about in your work that you met somebody who um, has studied the three principles. Yes. And the three principles being the mind, consciousness, and thought. Yeah. So the mind being related to the energy and the intelligence of all life, and that we are constantly changing that consciousness is that gift of awareness that you're talking about Mm. and thought being the agent by which we can direct us through life and constantly be creating can you in layman's terms yeah what does that all mean I know right exactly (laughs) so this is why I often don't refer to it as the three principles so much because for me it kind of adds a complexity that makes it very thinky but ultimately the three principles are that one we think Um, and that that creates our experience of life so whatever we are feeling comes from a thought so the second one is that our feelings are basically thought created Um, and then and that's our experience of life is thought created through those feelings Um, and then underneath that is this wisdom that just is always there that we're kind of connected to so it's like I, I like to call it like the intelligence behind life um, so, again, I think we have different labels for that. Um, I think everybody has their own form of what that means for them. And, and so some of, some of the examples would be, um, for me, wisdom, uh, nature, love, connection, um, spirituality, God. They're all kind of pointing to the same underlying natural intelligence behind life that's moving us through life life that's living us so that's a consciousness really yeah, that we that's another label maybe yeah. can't tangibly 
yes. see it or feel it, but we're we have awareness yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's something that is bigger than us. Exactly. Yeah, something greater than us. That's mm. kind of living us all the time. And when we when we just kind of reconnect to that and see that nothing else really matters it's a little bit like the analogy that I get or the, the the visual that I get in my mind is that that consciousness that bigger than us is something yeah. that you can almost you know the game trust falls mm. where you kind of lean back and and some and something's somebody yeah is going to support you yeah it's that for that's what I get the essence of what that yeah is definitely like. no that's exactly what it is and I think um, another way that I like to describe it that kind of often resonates with people is that Um, we don't tell our hearts to beat and we don't tell our lungs how to breathe so why do we try and get in there and tell our minds how to be psychologically okay because there's the there's a natural inbuilt system that's regulating our psychology just like it is our body and Mm. it's it's that connection yeah okay so it's a really interesting concept to how we can create our reality through freedom of that we're not attached that thought is just thought yeah and that we it's not even having control over it is it no we don't need control over it no we, we, we think it's, it's hilarious because I used to think I needed to control everything and then I realised I wasn't in control of anything and that, that didn't really matter <laughs> And but that's the thing that we're trying to do most of is control everything yeah. so that we stop having these behaviours yeah so let's talk about how how this then this mm. freedom yeah. with thought and, and freedom with awareness how that shifts things how yeah. that changes things what's been your experience of that that's um, a good question so when I was ill um, I very much suffered with anxiety and depression and all the, all of that sort of thing because I, I was constantly stuck in the same four walls and I didn't really go out of the house so I, I became quite anxious and quite afraid and, and so I kind of associated myself with that label of anxiety yeah and then because a lot of people do yeah exactly well it's something we all suffer with and I think when we talk about suffering even it can seem like those big heavy things but actually it can be day to day as well Mm. because everybody's kind of stressed and overwhelmed and anxious but for me it was uh, it was funny because I never really associated with the label of chronic fatigue I was like no I'm not having that that's I'm you know um but anxiety I definitely did associate with um but what I realized when I came across this understanding was that I wasn't anxious, you know, fundamentally at my core, that was not who I was, I wasn't anxious. In your purest form Exactly, who I was born as. Is not. Was not anxious. An anxious person. Yeah. Not even a person, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just that I was experiencing anxious thinking in that moment. Mm. Because I think also we tend to think that stuff like anxiety is there permanently. Well, we tell ourselves it exactly, is, don't we? And then we, we get anxious it. about being yeah. anxious. And then we say, it's "Mine, <laughs> it's mine. It belongs to me. It's attached yeah. to me." Yeah. But like you say, it's like in that moment, yeah, you could have anxious feelings, yeah, and thoughts, yeah. But they are not part of who you are. They are not the construct no, of who you are. That's it. They're just anxious being. thinking, just moving on through. And, and when we leave it alone, like happy <clears> thinking, yeah, it's still made up. <laughs> it's yeah. all, it's all, it's all thought, and it and it comes and goes, and it just kind of flows through us. And we give energy to the thoughts that we mm-hmm. want to ride on, basically. Mm. Um, so I think when you realise that it is just anxious thinking and that you you realise that there's a freedom to let it go 
instead of going, oh my God, I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? Because I used to do that. I used to kind of be very anxious about being anxious. Yep. And all that did was just add more and more layers of thinking. And and that was not allowing the thinking to settle and, and wisdom to bubble up. Because if you imagine your head is just full of loads of different thoughts, there's no space. And and it's only when you allow them to settle that wisdom comes through. And, and that's when I say wisdom, I mean kind of that that natural intelligence behind life that guides us or maybe intuition so how how do people do it because the one thing i do know from um people who have anxious thinking mm. is that when they're in that anxious thinking yeah sometimes the hardest thing at that moment is to come out of it unless you're Definitely. Gonna, you've got tools like breathing to help slow things down yeah um or when people are going into an, an anxiety thinking period yeah and all they're thinking is I'm going into it yeah so what can they what can people start doing to start coming from slowing down and coming from the space of getting back to that innate wisdom yeah well I recently ran um a challenge called um hashtag do nothing which was about kind of carving out five minutes to just be with yourself and just observe the thoughts that are going on um, so that is actually available on my website if you sign up then there's like a pop-up and, and you can sign up for that and it's a seven-day challenge um, that can help with that but obviously I kind of also want to address obviously that fact that when you are in it you know we so often feel that there's something to do but the other thing that I like to explain is that we're human and so we do suffer with anxiety and I think it's also learning that we were built to, to deal with that and when we realise that, it's okay for it to be there. So the problem is almost in the in the wanting it to not be there because our experience of life is up and down. Um, and so when we are down, whether it be with anxiety or depression or you know whatever we're kind of feeling that we're suffering with, it's okay. You know, it, sometimes it just comes up to be seen. Maybe we need to slow down. Um, and it's just something that's reminding us of that. So the freedom is that there is something on the other side of it, which could be information that you need. And yeah, again, that's just thinking. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, or it just is, you know, it just is what it is in that moment and it will eventually pass. And we don't have to put an attachment to it to make it something bigger than yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. We're just adding narrative if we're doing that. Yeah. Um, and eventually there's really nothing for us to do that's why my whole message is about doing nothing because eventually when we leave it alone it will move on through all by itself and I think that's something we've lost trust in as a society because of the self-help industry which constantly tells us that we need to fix change do you know and it can move on through Mm. so we're born with an innate, innate well-being and resilience yeah how do you think that we make the decision to not have either to not have the well-being to not have the resilience yeah I don't think it's a decision I think it's something that we again society kind of conditions us although we can't be conditioned because we're still interpreting that conditioning with our own thinking if that makes sense um but but I think it's something that just society is so used to we're kind of used to suffering um, I've forgotten your but question now. <laughs> when you talk about the fact that when you were four and your yeah. father left, and yes. as a result of feeling that insecurity, yeah. symptoms of chronic fatigue mm. kicked in, or when yeah. you were overwhelmed and burnt out later on, and chronic fatigue symptoms kicked in again, the body makes a decision at that time. Yeah. 
that happened cause and effect mm. this happened here so therefore yeah. the interpretation of that from a physiological point of view creates an illness creates a symptom yeah that's what my question is about the well-being yeah. and resilience is that body's making a decision that not to feel safe that's yeah. a physiological response isn't yeah it? definitely so how like why does that decision come up do you think which decision the, the to have the illness because right so that I think the body again it's that natural intelligence that's for me certainly when I got ill I needed to slow down so that's a safety mechanism going right you need to like you're so burnt out yeah my body was exhausted but what I then also came to see was that I was so exhausted was because I was constantly in my head mm-hmm. I was constantly thinking I was thinking about being anxious depressed I was thinking about all this stuff in the past I was thinking about the future I was th- constantly just living in my head and so almost the illness was almost an opportunity to drop out of that um, and which is exactly what happened when I finally found this kind of missing link of thought um, because when I did begin to see th- you know how it worked and it was just understanding how it worked it kind of all fell away by itself so I didn't really do anything but I do believe that the the body was just kind of showing me the way that it was that wisdom behind life kind of saying no slow down yeah. <laughs> um yeah so how I'm really fascinated how did you do it like you say I changed the way I thought so like I changed the thinking patterns like what were some I, of the things so if we can share some of the things with the perhaps magic listeners that you found yeah. really useful well maybe a good one would be about my dad because um i had had a difficult relationship with my um ex-mother-in-law um now actually and so she had basically before before i got married told me that she didn't like me um and so i suffered quite a lot with that based on you know my experience with my dad that's rejection again, yeah exactly so that really was tough for me um and i guess from that though what i began to see was that i was re- responding to her as if she was my dad when i became aware of my thinking I was like, oh, I'm actually responding to her as if she's my dad and she's not the same. And really what she thinks is just coming from her thinking, which has very little to do with me. Um, And then it was like somebody had just pulled the end of a ball of wool and it began to all unravel. And so I I just began to have, without me really doing anything, I just saw something deeper and and had loads of insights that made me realise, oh... Um, you know, my, it made sense to my dad. Like we said earlier, um, it made sense to my dad to leave. It was really nothing to do with me mm. that he left and didn't kind of come back. That was not a reflection of me. And you can see that because you're, you know, you're not me, but my narrative had been that. And so it was just things like that. Just as I saw more about the nature of thought, I, I had life mentoring. So I was constantly having that conversation and staying in the conversation about how it worked, which helps because I think it kind of mirrors back to you um, these things and, and things come up and you talk about them and then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that before. Well, I love it in that thought can be, thought is, is is irrelevant of time, isn't it? Yeah. So it means that you can go off on voyages of discovery yeah. through your timeline Yeah. by looking at these things in a different way. That's it. So it's the same kind of thing I do with NLP is that we can travel yes. to the point in time and, and look at it in a different way, using yeah. a different perspective and going, 
oh, I don't have to think that anymore. Yeah. I don't have to feel that anymore. And I think it's just shedding light on it, isn't yeah. it? It's when you illuminate something um, that it can't really be unseen. So it's like next time that, you know, you don't, well, you it changes your thinking. Don't yeah. You? You have the choice of, I always talk about this, um, and, and listeners will hear me talk about this before. Do you then take the red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. You know, you can carry on with that anxious thought and feeling rejected and yeah. staying in that narrative. Yeah. But with awareness, you can kind of go, or yeah. there's a different, I can choose to think differently. Yeah. I yeah. can choose another way you of can. doing it. You can. I would say you don't need to choose to think differently. I think it's just, for me, just seeing that it's all made up anyway. Um but yes, you can also, well, <laughs> if you wish to. It's got my brain, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's just such an interesting concept. It's going to take me a little bit of time to wrap my head around <laughs> You're that You're going to get thinking about it yeah, now, aren't you? Yeah, you get thinking <laughs> about that, and that I don't have to choose thought. It's actually freedom of thought anyway. Yeah. So so if we've, if we're saying that we have freedom from suffering and freedom through thought... Is suffering a choice? Again, I think it's, well, sort of, yeah. I mean, you know, if you take it to the extreme, which is very difficult to do because we are human at the end of the day, you can just say, oh, well, it is just a thought. But I think doing that kind of dismisses the fact that we are having a human experience. Mm. And if you do do that, then it's almost like just pushing it away. And I think that's not what I'm trying to get people to do. It's like, no, we don't want to just push it away and dismiss it because that's kind of suppressing it, right? And then Mm. we don't want to do that Um, because I think then it can kind of, I don't know. It's my thinking that it would get trapped in our bodies and, you know, it's it doesn't make sense to me to kind of suppress things. Um, but, yeah, so I, I've forgotten where I was going with that. Well, we're talking <laughs> about whether it's a choice to have suffering or why we get stuck. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I wouldn't say suppress it. I think for me it is about seeing that we were built to cope with it, seeing that we can hold our suffering. Um, when it's there and allowing it to be there because it will move and it's not getting too caught up on being worried about it being there you know like there are times so for example I I have been going through a divorce so there have been times where I've been sad and things have been very difficult but I've allowed myself to be with that in the moment that it arises knowing that it will move on and, and, and knowing that I'm not sad all the time. Do you know I think that's such an important thing because when stuff like this does happen in, in our lives like I've lost both of my parents I've been through mm. a divorce and sometimes it's all too easy to kind of go oh well I've just got to get on with it you yeah. know and, and try and move through it really really quickly. That's it. But when you have awareness that oh it's here like yeah. that feeling is here yeah that sadness is here because why wouldn't it be? You yeah. Know? I'm going through That's a divorce. It. I've lost my parents. I am feeling grief. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. Welcome. And it doesn't need fixing. And it doesn't need fixing. And that you don't have to... I think the challenge we've had with the wellness industry is the scourge of happiness. Yeah. We have to get happy at every cost. That's it. It's you like know, that it's toxic positivity. Yeah. yeah. And actually, it's okay to... It's okay to say in this moment I am suffering it's going to be here yeah but it's also a freedom that it it will go as well yeah exactly yeah but this so I am totally invested in this idea one thing that I am interested to get your thoughts on is what happens if there's been I mean yes we all have trauma 
what happens if there's been a significant trauma? Mm. Are you somebody who's been raped or somebody, yeah. you know, something really awful has yeah. happened? Yeah. How how does this come into helping people who've been through those really like shocking yeah. traumatic events? I think it's just that allowing them to know that it's safe for them to feel the way that they're feeling. Um, and that underneath all of that, all that matters is their true essence, which is the love, the wisdom. And that's still there. They're not broken by what they've been through. How do people get to that if they feel that that's a real challenge for them to get there? Sorry, I'm going quite yeah, deep with this, no, I good. it's important yeah. for us to talk about. Yeah, I, it is. It's, there is freedom for everyone, you know, regardless of what we've been through. We are still only ever experiencing our suffering through our thinking. So I think for me... It helps to see that it, and I know it's not always it doesn't feel helpful because we're still feeling our thinking about what's happened um, but but when we can just see that it is being created by thoughts and that that doesn't really mean anything and it's still okay for us to go through go through what we're going through mm-hmm. and hold it and know that fundamentally we cannot be broken the only way we could we can feel broken is through our thinking that we're broken so when I um, uh, when I was um, well a few a few years ago when Grenfell happened I went to support with the survivors mm-hmm. and I think it just one of the things that really stuck out to me was just that this kind of community of love that carried everybody through and it, it was like if you can connect back to that that's the most healing thing yeah yeah that is um you know out of that experience yes like you say if people can come together that's that's obviously that's something that happened tragically on a on a big scale of community of people what mm. if it is one person and they might feel isolated or they yeah. might feel like they're on their own what would you suggest for them to do yeah uh, well again for me it's just it's it is all about seeing how the nature of our experience is created and to know that they are okay they're always okay they're not broken and i think again even if if there's someone they can reach out to just to have that reflected back to them um then often that can just help it's just and and for people who are supporting people who have been through that as well i think again there's nothing to do the only thing to do is really just sit and love them um yeah Mm. and so what kind of people do you work with so you're a life mentor you obviously work with people in this area Mm. what do people come to you with you know saying that they're i'm suffering with this how can you help me yeah because that in itself is like the antithesis of kind of what you're talking about here so you being the reflection what Mm. do people come to you with and and how do you support them in this way yeah I mean it's all sorts of things really I get um quite a wide range I think I get people who are suffering day-to-day with anxiety and depression um and also kind of some of the heavier things um so I don't know people who are suffering with things like miscarriage or you know even the taboo kind of of topics anybody who is feeling just kind of yeah in their suffering really um but also there's i work with a lot of people who are creative um and suffer with their creativity and maybe creative blocks um because i'm also kind of a coach for people who are um setting up business as well so um so yeah it's i think people often don't realize when they're in business or setting up or creative and entrepreneurial that 
sometimes we can suffer with that as well um with kind of fear and, and things like that so oh my god all the time i would yeah. say like that's the probably the biggest thing that stops anybody getting ahead as quickly as they possibly could do that's it and so it's helping people who are kind of stuck in their head because um, that is a suffering isn't yeah it? exactly we, we so often think of it as something heavy um only and and so i purposefully use the word suffering because i think it kind of catches the attention of, of everybody because it's it's one of those things that is so taboo and i'm kind of passionate about opening up on the taboo topics really um but yeah, it can be day to day as well. It's, you know, those anxieties and creative fears and all sorts of things that we do suffer with, but don't necessarily see it as suffering. It's mm. just something that holds us back that we feel stuck with. Yeah. And it, is, it can go across everything, can't it? Yeah. You know, if I think about for, well, you talked about relationship with food yeah. as well or relationship with health for example the things that we self-sabotage on yeah are the things that we are suffering yeah with yeah and it's quite a heavy word it is to suffer yeah but if on the other side of that is freedom exactly and that's why i think for me it it can seem like a heavy word um but i've got a lighter experience of suffering now and so to me it's like yeah it's it just has a different feeling so do you say to your so on a day-to-day basis you talk Mm. about having a lighter feeling now yeah um but do you kind of go oh i'm suffering with this at the moment and that's okay yeah yeah and and it's not it doesn't always feel okay (laughs) so you know i still suffer but i know that it will be okay that it will pass Mm. um and i know that i'm the one that's creating it um and that doesn't make it any easier when i'm in it but it it passes faster than it used to i would have been stuck in suffering for years <laughs> before um and yeah I was well, I, was, I feel like I was permanently suffering before because I didn't really realize that I thought even um I was kind of blindly aimlessly moving through life just constantly moving from one trauma to well, another and also we can get stuck in a victim mentality yeah this happened to me this wasn't my fault yeah somebody did this to me yeah therefore it's not my fault that I feel this way yeah so there's no kind of acceptance or accountability yeah of that is there that's it so do you think that's one of the first things we have to kind of do is that the way you are feeling in this moment and the way you're thinking you have to be accountable mm. that they are your thoughts yeah I think it's just again coming back to awareness of it because even if we think that you know I think then we can get caught in in thinking about are we a victim or are we not a victim (laughs) and then blaming ourselves for having that yeah because again that's just victim thinking yeah and it doesn't really mean anything yeah but it's interesting because I I do distinctly remember going to a counsellor once who asked me if I was a victim and that's what made me go to Bali I was like no I'm not a victim I'm going to Bali (laughs) so it kind of did kick me up the bum a little bit Mm. (laughs) so it's fascinating (laughs) I need to think and think and think on this topic (laughs) no (laughs) don't and then not be attached to my thoughts around it yeah it's so tempting to overthink it and I think when I first came across it I did the exact same yeah Um, and I I kind of was like damn it I wish I'd got a pen and written all of that down <laughs> but then I because I was very much like that obviously I was a fixer I was going to write everything down to make sure I got it yeah but I didn't and it was the first time I never really did write anything down and I think somewhere inside knew that I didn't need to because once you kind of hear this yeah. it kicks in and wisdom sorts I it out for say, you whenever I'm doing a talk I always say like 
you actually don't write anything down. Yeah. Because whatever you need to hear yeah. will drop in. Exactly. And the rest will filter itself away. That's exactly Or it'll it. get stored in your filing cabinet yeah. of your unconscious mind and you'll get it when you need it. That's exactly You know, it. as long as you put the intention out there that you will retain the information that you need and it's happening yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I guess it's a way of sorting actually information that is useful for us and information that isn't useful yeah, for us Yeah, and I don't well. think we need to worry about that because, again, no, our, wisdom, yeah. our wisdom knows. It's yeah. like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep that bit. Yeah. <laughs> but when I heard it, I kind of woke up the next day a completely different person. Wow. It was that instantaneous. And so that's why I kind of share it now because, for me, it was it was just so transformational. How long ago was that? Um, That was about mm, five-ish years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing mm. so because we are practical magic here and this is about some of the practical ways what are some of the tools that you might use with your clients to mm. start with this or help them start making this because it is a complete it isn't it, it is a shift it is yeah so what can people do um again i think i would point back to kind of just carving out some time just to observe thoughts and there are some prompts in that um so how do you observe a thought so just sitting quietly with no distractions and just beginning to notice um what is going on in terms of so sometimes you could just simply notice the sensations in your body notice if that is just play with that play with it questioning it is is that is what I'm feeling, do I have any thinking about that now? Is mm. that coming up? And I like asking, so when I'm working with clients with NLP, like, show me how you do it. Mm. And get the body and the thought to show how the thought does that feeling. It's quite interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's just observing. So I, one of the tools that I love is um, yin yoga. And the reason for that is because it's all about self-inquiry. So you kind of get yourself, if, if you're not familiar with yin yoga, then you kind of get yourself into a posture um, that's very, very yielding. You're kind of just really relaxing, letting go of everything. Um, but it, if you stay in the pose for maybe five to ten minutes, and so that can be quite challenging because our thoughts suddenly start to kind of bring stuff up like, oh, I really want to move. And yeah. so it's quite interesting, even that's quite a nice tool to just kind of I'm not saying put yourself into discomfort, but it's it can be quite interesting to just not move for like five to ten minutes and see what thoughts start to come up. And that's mm. it's just noticing in that quiet space what is going on. It's like, oh, I didn't realise I was thinking that. It's just really listening. To I love what's that going being on. an observer. I love a float spa. Mm. I love getting a float spa and I generally book one after yeah. I've had a really, really busy time, like I've yeah. done the awakening or I've done a festival, whatever it is. And I will get in there and I would say like you're in there for about an hour and for about a good three quarters of that hour, my brain is just because there's nothing else to do, nothing else to do. You are literally being suspended in darkness and my brain will just be going and I just go and I do exactly that. I just observe it and go, oh. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Where's that coming from? In this place of being completely (laughs) held where I am here to relax, you are just being very noisy. <laughs> we'll stop in a minute. And this is okay, but you're having to do this processing because you've been really busy. Okay. Yeah. You know, but I love really that because we're doing that all of the time. Yeah. It's just we don't stop and, and notice it. And so it's it. rather than like it going into the vortex and having yeah. a party with itself. Yeah. 
it's just like you're standing back almost yeah watching it happen exactly so it's just kind of yeah getting that space that quiet time just to observe literally what is going on in your mind because and then you're aware that it is just thinking yeah because you can see that it's like <laughs> oh that's not me and then it's like well if that's not me and I'm not my thoughts then who's watching the thoughts and it's like oh that's yeah. a good one who is watching the thoughts who, who am I <laughs> oh my god existential <laughs> crikey <laughs> Yeah, and then I kind of come back to, well, it doesn't really matter anyway, because what if I try to define it, it's just me putting my own thinking around it. Oh my God, this is just hilarious. <laughs> so you said about observing, doing nothing, maybe some yin yoga. What what other things? So do you do journaling and I things do. like that? I do. I'm a writer, so mm. I, I love journaling. Um, and again, I think it's important to make the distinction that it's not, I'm not recommending any one set tool or technique. I think for me, it's it's what taps you back into your heart. So anything that drops you back into that space of connection where you feel like you're in your zone. Um, so that could be like knitting or, mm. you know, whatever it is for, for you as an individual, because we're all different. And I think that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I don't advocate particular self-help tools or techniques, because it can literally be anything. So I was on the radio the other day um, on Badass Women's Hour, and they were saying oh so that's me on a Friday night with a bag of kettle chips and a bottle of wine I'm like yeah <laughs> do that that's going to drop you out of your head and back into your heart and that's where the freedom is mm. so it's and it those is, can be in moments can't they yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be something that has to be attained to all times no exactly because everything is ebbing and flowing at all times and yeah again it's being the observer to the thoughts yeah whether you're in that moment of heightened anxiety whatever that suffering is yeah or even being an observer to oh i'm in a flow state right now of drinking this glass yeah. of wine and eating the kettle chips exactly. that's nice yeah isn't that nice isn't Celebrate that nice that. yeah <laughs> oh brilliant it's kind of just anything yeah i think if you're looking for something to do you, you again can't kind of sitting there observing the thoughts can even get a bit thinky sometimes mm. sometimes it depends on how you're feeling if you if if you're going to feel better by going for a walk in nature go and have a walk in nature and I think that's the most healing thing because it's anything that taps us back into that wisdom and reminds yeah. us of the truth because back into the main line yeah that's what matters really so you're going to be doing a workshop at the awakening I am yay I'm excited 6th and 7th <laughs> of June everybody on the Isle of Wight um, <laughs> so what are you going to be I know we're going to be you're going to be sharing a bit more of this what can people expect yeah, so I'm going to be talking about a bit more about my story, um, sharing this kind of information and also doing a bit of meditation because I think meditation is something that people do enjoy. It is a tool, not everybody likes it, some people do and I think it's it's helping people see that we don't need to meditate but if we enjoy it then that's, that's really good. So it'll be that kind of awareness, um, I'll be sharing that that kind of tapping in and reminding people of, of how it works um yeah amazing <laughs> reconnecting to our hearts getting them to reconnect to yeah. that space of wisdom and that is really what the awakening is all about yeah because surrounded by nature well-being self-care connection yeah in nature yeah and being in a space where you can observe what works what's working for you yeah what you can 
Yeah, what you that's it. It's a perfect opportunity because you've kind of got so many different things to yeah. to play with yeah. and, and explore. So if you don't really know what it is that taps you into your heart, then it's the perfect then place try to be because leave the rest. Yeah, and it's and that's for me. That's what's most important is mm. seeing that we just need to play play with life. That's where the freedom. I think is. that's such a great thing to kind of end on is that it is all a play. It yeah. is all about being curious, yeah. and it is all about. You know, there's no one set way of doing things. Yeah. And actually, when you can be an observer to things mm. in all senses, yeah, then it, it gives you that opportunity for exploration and creativity. Definitely. And I think particularly in nature is a great place to to get that because we can learn so much from nature. Nature knows. Nature does know. Nature's full of wisdom. Oh my god, I always talk <laughs> I always use use the example like the plants and the trees are looking at yeah. us humans going, You lot are mental. Yeah, what exactly. are you doing? You know, I just always, talk to us. Yeah, I We've always been here say, a long time. It, in autumn the the trees don't sit there worrying about why their leaves are falling off. They just kind of know that they'll grow back. So <laughs> Yeah. They haven't got the power of thought going on. <laughs> Be more tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to the show, lovely. Thank you for having me. And, where, and just before we go, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so I have my website, which is my name, nicolebarton.co.uk. Um, and I also have my Instagram, at wellbeingwriter, uh, where I share mostly my poetry, because I do write poetry it's as well. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and what have you got coming up? Just um, so I have a couple of retreats. I have um, one in January, which is um, Reconnection in Nature. And then I have one in, so that's in the Warwickshire countryside. And then I have one later in the year in Bali, Lovely. which will be amazing. I'm really Yay. excited. So, um, yeah. So check it out on your website. Yeah. And also I have an online summit in January where I'm going to be chatting to people and hearing their stories about how they kind of reconnected to their wisdom. So, um, so that's exciting as well it's kind of a self-rediscovery summit sounds good yeah awesome thanks love (laughs) thank you to find out more about nicole's talk at the awakening which is taking place on the 6th and 7th of june over on the beautiful isle of Wight at western manor house you can head over to the website and you will see what else is going on over the weekend whether that's well-being workshops self-care sessions yoga movement and meditation sound baths nature sessions there is so much going on and i can't wait to host this for you it's all about donning the oxygen mask for yourself coming into your self-care well-being and connecting to something more for more information on all of the talks and all of the information going on for the weekend and tickets head on over to www.awakeningfestival.co.uk thank you for tuning in to the practical magic podcast this week with me kate taylor If you do enjoy the shows, do head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. That means that every time there's fresh practical magic content, it will get delivered straight to your devices. You do not need to do a thing. And if you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other previous episodes, do head over to iTunes, hit the old star ratings and maybe leave a little comment as well. It really helps to connect to other listeners out there who are in for a big, bold, beautiful life.